Good evening, Pittsburgh. This is Brian Edward, and you're listening to Berg Vivant, Pittsburgh's late-night talk show, coming to you from the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University in beautiful downtown Pittsburgh. Visit us at bergvivant.com for more on this interview and our complete archives in the Vivant Vault, as well as how you can help support our program and Pittsburgh's vibrant cultural landscape. Gem of the Ocean. Yes, indeed. Isn't that what the um, thing on Titanic was called? The, the the pendant that they were all jazzed up about? Oh, I don't know. I or don't Heart remember. of the Ocean. Remember that big like blue diamond? I do remember that. that but... Spoiler alert, the little lady throws into the sea at the end. Yeah, I don't know. But this, is, this has nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. All right. Not even close. It's a Pittsburgh Playwrights production running through September 22nd. And it's really interesting. The site of this is at 1839 Wiley Avenue. And what, pray tell, is there? Well, it's the fictitious home of the lead character in this play, Auntie Esther. Or Aunt Esther, excuse me. Oh, but written into the script, that, is that address? Written into the script is that address. Because you know how August Wilson, the playwright, uh, wrote several uh, the Century series that all occurred in Pittsburgh, I, I think except for Ma Rainey. That was mm-hmm. the only one that didn't. And this was actually the first chronological one, not the first one he wrote, but the first part of the century, 1904. Oh, wow. And he didn't write it first. It was written at very near the end of when he wrote these shows. But And Auntie Esther was revealed and talked about in some of the previous shows, but we finally get to meet her in this one, cool. which came out later. Um, it was so interesting, such a, a, a wrenching, powerful, wrenching, soulful drama. It just grabs you from the first minute, and it, I, I don't even know where to start, but let's start with just some background, okay? Okay. Um, Andrea Fry was the director, and I talked with Mark Clayton Southers right before the show, just a brief minute or two, and he was so proud because the entire production staff for this show is female, and he did it kind of in honor of the powerful character that Aunt Esther was to kind of play homage to women. Hmm. And and I mean everybody. The set design, um, which was this beautiful set perched on the side of the hill. It's on an empty lot. There was actually never a house at 1839 Wiley Avenue. But... That's why he probably, one of the reasons he liked that date, as well as many others, um, many other reasons, 1839 was the year of Amistad. Do you remember the story of the Mm -hmm. slave ship coming over and the slaves rebelled? And that was that year. 1839 was also the first year that it was documented that the Underground Railroad existed. You know, it was there, but it was so underground. Nobody even knew Good, it yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. It was a, so very significant uh, attachment to those numbers. And, okay, so in this show, it happens in Aunt Esther's house. And Aunt Esther happens to be, you ready? 285 years old. Hmm. <laughs> I want to know what her secret is. Is it revealed? No, uh, I think you have to kind of suspend reality a okay. little bit there. But this is kind of a, a mythical, magical show in, in many parts. And Aunt Esther, 
And if you listen, if you say her name real quick, Aunt Esther, Aunt Esther, Aunt Esther, Ancestor, Ancestor. Uh. Yeah, so she goes back generations and generations. And she's, at this point in the play, a healer, um, spiritual guide, prophet. Really, her house is a sanctuary where people come to get their soul cleansed or for guidance. Um, really cool. And Crystal Bates is Aunt Esther. She gives such a gritty, unforgettable performance in this. It's amazing. And her character, the way she plays it, you feel her kindness and her wisdom. And then at other times, she's kind of sharp. Like, but I'm thinking, I'm crotchety already. If I'm 285, <laughs> you've earned it. I'm going to be pretty crotchety at times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the story goes Citizen Barlow, a very troubled man, comes to Aunt Esther to have his soul cleansed and for some redemption that I won't get into it. But And Jonathan Barry plays this role. And he has just enough passion and gravity to carry the intensity of his role really movingly forward. Um, I, I've seen him before, and I'm always impressed with his performances. And last night, he really had a chance to shine in one scene that I don't think I want to talk about, because it's really the pivotal scene, or there are so many, but the really big scene. I don't want to... But you'll know it when you get there. Oh, yeah, and you'll appreciate it and uh, be carried away by it. Yeah, And there were some other characters in there that I wanted to mention that um, had memories of slavery because this took place in 1904. So um, Solly Two Kings, played by Kevin Brown, mm -hmm. and he's his role... He was also the suitor for Aunt Esther. But his role, he just played it so likably and, and sympathetically and really did a good job. And Eli Howard also worked with Solid Two Kings as a conductor on the Underground Railroad. And Les Howard played that role with a kind of steady, quiet strength that I really admired. And who else do we want to talk about? Jeez. Whoever you want. I, I just said. You're, you're the guest on the show today. Well, Black Mary, uh, played by Michelle Walker, was kind of Aunt Esther's person that lived with her and helped her out and did some housekeeping. And Are you looking for a picture there? Well, I wonder if this is who you mean. Candace, Candace Walker. Michelle Walker. Oh, oh okay. Can Candace yeah. Walker. Yeah. Okay. I said her middle name. Uh, What's well, wonderful. But uh, she was treated a bit unkindly by Aunt Esther, which was interesting because she, Aunt Esther talked to her almost as though she would have talked to a slave. And since she herself experienced that, I found that really interesting. But then you could see by her facial expressions and her body language, you could see that Black Mary, Candace, was getting angrier and angrier. Hmm. You could just feel it. And I, I was waiting. When's it going to blow? <laughs> and when it did, it was with such power and force that it changed their relationship forever, hmm. which I thought was great. It, it put them on a more equal footing with each other. 
Um, I imagine it would. Yeah. yeah. And another performance I enjoyed uh, was Caesar, who is the officer, police officer, played by Wally Jamal. And I always enjoy his performances, too. This was a little different for him, though, because he played this really obstinate officer that was strictly the rule of the law, and it didn't matter anything about humanity. He just was, like, obsessed, almost like a mental disorder, this obsession hmm. with having to follow the law. And he did it. He kind of scared me when he came on stage. He was like, I'm going to toe the line here. I'm not breaking any laws, or I'll be in a heap of trouble with the officer, with Caesar. But the whole theme of this, I, I can't even really say a plot because there were so many like subplots in it, almost like a Shakespeare has mm -hmm. all these different little plots going on. But it was mainly, I would say, the extreme disappointment that the Emancipation Proclamation and the freedom it proclaimed really didn't give them the freedom because of so many existing social injustices, mm. um, and poverty, and it just, it, and that was part of it too. That another theme was the anger at the social injustice and the way they were uh, treated at the mill where they, the tin mill, which I thought was funny for Pittsburgh, a tin mill instead of a steel mill. Since it was said it's one of the metals. I guess, I guess. And then there was a lot about redemption and moving forward and there was even a little bit of a love story in it it's which got everything. actually two little bits of love story in it hmm? so i i thought this there's whole, a there's a lot happening at aunt esther's place there is and being up there that set built on that very steep hillside just perched on the side of the hill there was such a beautiful view of the city behind and when I sat down, I thought, oh boy, it's going to be hard to focus on this show because of this fantastic view. But I got so drawn in so quickly by all the um, passion and the performances and the intriguing, complicated story that I just, I forgot there was even a city behind it. And you can see it yourself uh, through September 22nd. Yes. With Pittsburgh Playwrights Theatre Company. It's definitely worth the trip. Indeed. As always, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to watch our video portion of this segment and more at bergvivant.com. We'll see you here next week on Berg Vivant, Pittsburgh's late-night talk show.